Okay, so my name's Christian. If you're here for your first time, uh, one of the pastors here at the barn, really excited that you are here to join us for the Sunday night service. Woohoo! Um, okay, so we're starting out a uh, Christmas series, an Advent series this week, um, and Advent started last weekend, so just pretend like we did one last week too. So um, we're going to have three messages on the, who Jesus is as revealed by the Christmas story. Okay, so this week we're going to talk about God is the generous God, and then next week will be uh, the miraculous God. And I started in on this thinking I knew all three, and now that I met the third one, mm, I can't remember it, but it's good. That's going to be real good. All right, so uh, look forward to those. Um, okay, so we want to start today with the generous God, and uh, well, let's pray first and invite the Holy Spirit. So Lord, we ask that you would come and speak to us tonight through your word. We thank you for being present in worship, God. And Lord, I just ask that you would let us hear what you want us to hear tonight. You know, there's stuff prepared and all that, and I just ask that you would come and speak to us. Lord, you know every person sitting in this room uh, personally and deeply, Lord God. And you know what each person needs to hear today, and I pray that you would speak to us. Amen. All righty. So I want you to think about a time in your life when someone's been really, really generous to you. And think about the emotions that came with that. So just uh, hopefully that's happened at least once in your life. And uh, you can think about one time. Boy, this is one of the more spread out weeks we've ever had. I mean, there's like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> all the way over there. But So I'm going to walk a little bit. hope that's okay. Um, I'll end up behind you a lot, Gary. So get off your phone and pay attention. All right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's probably like, look what one of our kids is doing. The Dakota Access Pipeline is no longer going through. Oh, well, there you go. Um, so a time when someone's been generous with you. So recently um, I did a wedding for some friends that don't go to our church. Um, and they, you know, usually after uh, a, a wedding, sometimes you'll get like a gift card or something, which is really nice. I don't expect anything. Um, but these guys sent us uh, like a bigger blessing. And when I opened it up, I was blown away by it. I was like, and it was perfect timing. There's, you know, how God does things with us. But there was something specific that had happened. Usually something breaks, and, that's, and then God gives us money. So something had happened, and we got this check. It was perfect timing. So I sent him. My, my immediate reaction after, like, yes, was gratefulness. And so I sent him this, you know, long text, how, how grateful I was and how amazing it was. See, generosity is, it, it brings people together. You know, next time I see them, I'm going to give them a big hug. I'm going to tell them how much they mean to me. And uh, they've bribed me into friendship. I hated them beforehand, but now I love these guys. Um, and, you know, but seriously, generosity brings people together. It brings gratefulness. And you know what else? It, it breeds more generosity. You know, as we got that, we started to think about, well, man, that's awesome. And what can we do for someone else? And it's this overflow of generosity to other people. Um, there's, there's like a power in it. Yesterday, I got to be part of something really cool. So um, I think you've heard about this a lot of times, but Claire and Sarah, two years ago, um, or three Thanksgivings ago, made a meal for a, a family in Oxford who we found through the Lighthouse, which is a nonprofit in Oxford, and took them a Thanksgiving meal, and they weren't going to have a meal without that. And that was an awesome uh, start to a friendship with them. Then last year, the rest, you know, more of us took meals, and we fed 90 people. This year, we did the same thing. And um, 
I remember talking with Claire last year after we did it, and it was like really awesome and great, but there was also a little bit of a letdown for me because it was just like I just showed up, literally handed food through the door and left, and there was no real relationship. And I don't know. I mean, it was good in and of itself, but there was also a little bit of a lack for me. So this year, like, um, I barged into the people's house. <laughs> Not really. I'm just kidding. But I, I did. I went in and, like, talked to them a little bit longer and prayed for them and tried to make a little bit more of an experience. But uh, as we continue to build relationship, it's so cool how God begins to grow this, okay? So the family that Claire and Sarah have been cooking for, this is their third year now, and they just, um, the apartment building they were living in got sold, all right? And so they had to move into another place. I was going to have you share this. Sorry. Can I, is it okay if I share it? All right. So, um, so they went this year, and, and there's like nothing. Like literally, you walk It's like, have you ever like, you know, purchased a house or an apartment, and you go in before you move anything in, and it's just bare? And that was them with just, they're living there. Like they're sleeping on hardwood floors. They're, you know, two kids and of two parents, and it's just wall to wall, nothing. And, and we found out today, also no plates, no spoons. I mean, literally, literally nothing, nothing. And so a few texts go around, say, hey, does anybody have any, any extra furniture? You know, and so like I had a TV in my attic, a TV in my attic. I mean, that's like the culture that we live in, right? Like I didn't have to go take a TV off of my wall and give it to someone. I wasn't even really generous. Honestly, it benefited me, huh? Yes, it's the only place I can be alone. Um, and it's either freezing or a thousand degrees. Have you ever noticed that about attics? Terrible place to hang out. So anyway, um, so, you know, we, and I, I went over to my dad's house. I stole some furniture from his house. Um, and uh, Claire and Sarah, they donated some furniture. We showed up yesterday morning and, you know, we're carrying, a, you know, a couch, two chairs, entertainment center, uh, a mattress. And then this morning they showed up with more. There's beds there now and there's someone's donating sheets and, uh, and Jacob gave him this, uh, this wonderful devotional book that he's already started reading. Um, we're going we're gonna to do some more stuff too, right? We're going to do some dinner stuff like plates and forks. Um, I had a guy come up to me after the service at 11 o'clock today because I told this story. And he said, hey, I've got a whole house full of furniture that I basically need to get rid of. Does that family want it? Are, are there more families who want it? So Sarah doesn't know this, but she's just started a furniture business. Um, second, oh, that's right. <laughs> Um, this one might make you less money, but, uh, but not by much, right? <laughs> so we, I, I can make that joke because we're in that business together. Mandy and her make furniture together. Okay, so what, the impactful thing for me, though, was like after we hung out with this guy and got to know his kids a little bit more, and by the way, they're, the family are very avid soccer players, so already there's a little bit of a connection there for me. And uh, he starts to tell, he's like, thank you so much. He's like, what can I do for you guys? What can I do for you? Like, does your church need anything painted? Are there families in your church who need things painted? And he starts to list all these things he can do. And it's this overflow of generosity. And and here's a guy who literally has nothing, and he's now offering, it's, it's an overflow because we've been generous into his life. It's contagious. And even when you have nothing, you can find ways to be generous. So he was saying, well, I don't have stuff to give to be generous, but I have time to give, which he probably doesn't have much of, actually. I have skills to give. And it just impacted me, the power of generosity and how it can trickle from God to us to others. And it can just be this awesome kind of repetitive goodness. And what I want to talk about is uh, one of the songs in the—so in— in the Gospels, especially in Luke and Matthew, there's longer um, 
accounts of Jesus' birth and before his birth. And so when the angel shows up to Mary, um, after that, Mary has this thing called Mary's song, and then later there's Zechariah's song. I don't know if you've ever really studied those. They're actually really fascinating, and I've always wanted to teach on them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about one. So here we go. This is, uh, I would not do that. You could. You could, because you're gifted in that. I could write a drum beat to Mary's song. Um, okay, so here's what she says. And this first part, we'll read the whole thing, but this first part's really the part I want to emphasize tonight. My soul glorifies the Lord. So she's just heard incredible news from this angel. Imagine like this worshipful atmosphere. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. So she's overflowing at Thanksgiving, similar to how I felt when the people gave me a really nice gift. Probably a little bit more though. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. The mighty one has done great things for me. That's really the tagline I would love for you to walk away with tonight. The mighty one has done great things for me. I've been doing some scripture memorization in my life. And uh, there's a powerful, powerful thing to knowing small verses that you can say to yourself over and over again. So the mighty one has done great things for me. It's an attitude change. You know, it's, it's recognizing something that is real, but often we forget. The Mighty One has done great things for you. What if you set, spent some time writing down all the things that God has done for you, all the blessings in your life? You know, the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him. From generation to generation, He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inner thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised to his ancestors. And, hmm, my notes were slightly out of order from this morning. So the first point that I want to make is that God knows what we need. And I love how she says, you have been mindful of the humble state of your servant. There's this sense of God knows that, that we're in need. And I felt as I was praying about this, that God actually wanted, um, had some people in the room tonight that he wanted to speak to. And so I feel like he wanted to say to us that, um, that some of us are, are in a place where we're feeling like, God, do you even know what I'm going through right now? You know, what the enemy loves to do is he loves to say, you're, you're on your own. Like, your struggle is unique, and most people, most people don't deal with this struggle. Or to, to close you off somehow, to say, you know, if you shared this with anybody, if you shared what you've been thinking, if you shared what you, you've been going through, people would think X, Y, and Z of you. And he, he tries to convince you, like, you're on your own. Carry this weight on your own. And I feel like the Lord wants to say to some of you tonight, or to all of us, I mean, maybe we're all in that place in some area of our life, that you're not alone. That God knows the humble state of his servant. He knows your weaknesses. He knows where you're failing right now. You know, and, he, and it's, it's like this loving father who's saying, I am with you in these times. In fact, I just pulled some verses out that I love. In Joshua 1.9, this is where Moses just passed away, and Joshua is now suddenly the leader of all of the nation of Israel. And what does God have to say to him? He says, be strong and courageous. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's a promise to be with him wherever you go. What he says to Israel in a time when they're in exile, he says, don't fear. Don't be dismayed. For I am with you. I am your God. And what he says to us as he sends us out into making disciples of all nations, he says, um, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So there's this theme 
In fact, this is one of the big themes that's revealed in Christmas, right? Emmanuel, God with us. You will call him Emmanuel, God with us. This is, this is the thing, that you, in, whether you're in class, whether you're on a practice field, whether you're at work, whether you're alone in a group, whether you're doing well or doing horribly, God is with us. And there's a, that's a foundational truth. He is with us, and he knows the weakness. He knows the struggle. And he's in that time with us. So I felt like there was just something important to say there, that he's, just to start with that. But it doesn't end there, because God does great things for us. And I love how she says this, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. See, God has abundant blessing for your life and my life. He wants to give you more than enough. I'm going to just fast forward. These are not, I think God wants to do this in a different order. So here we go. There's a couple of verses I grabbed here. So God has abundant life to give us. I've come that you may have a life abundantly. God has abundant hope for you. He has abundant peace. He has abundant grace. The grace of the Lord was poured out on me abundantly. This is who God is. He's the generous God. He's the God of more than enough. And when you and I are in that place of lack, in that place of I need some help, that place of I'm at my wit's end, I don't know what to do in this moment, we can look to the God of more than enough and we can say, God, I need you. I need strength. I need grace. I need hope right now. I need healing. I need financial assistance. And God is the God of, who is generous and can give you more than you need in that moment. All right, now we'll talk a little bit more about it, it's not like a magic wand, Right? But I want to just, I want to celebrate this. He has done great things for me. Holy is the Lord. I want to get that into our hearts. So what I've asked some people to do tonight is to come up and share testimony. Because the Bible tells us really clearly that our testimony is a powerful tool and a powerful weapon. So I want to, all throughout the, the Bible, you see people recounting what God has done in their lives. And it's a, it's a, it's a mechanism for remembering the greatness of God. Because you know what happens? God does good things in our life, and we quickly forget about it. And sometimes we even start to, like, discount it or be like, did that really happen? Maybe that was just coincidence. But in the moment, you were like, oh my gosh, God's amazing. That's a miracle. But then over, like, a year or five years, it's like, ah, you know, it was probably just coincidence. And so I want to just keep refreshing what God has been doing. So there's three people are going to share. Guys, we've got just a couple minutes each. So, like, it's going to have to be quick. Two, three minutes each. Um, Jordan, you want to go first? All right. Jordan's back. Hopefully this will be more enjoyable than being talking to myself. I'm not going to make it up. It's <laughs> All right. I made notes. <clears throat> um, all right. So first of all, I believe that we live in a broken world, and there's a lot of suffering. And I think sometimes that gets in the way of um, God being generous. So, um, in spite of that, I believe that God does operate in blessings. And, uh, you know, I don't believe in all of the theology for the uh, sort of televangelist groups who have that name it, claim it theology. Like Candace makes fun of me for liking Joel Osteen, for example. But um, I think there's a core truth that can be found in, these, in what these guys are saying. And uh, it's that God... Uh, really does love us. He wants the best for us, and we are his kids. You know, I have four kids now. I'm not sitting here thinking of ways to try to trip them up and not bless them. It doesn't make any sense. And God does definitely does a lot better at being a father than 
than I do. Most days anyway. Pretty, I'm pretty good sometimes. Um, so I think that God likes to take care of us. And I think that God gives us blessings in spite of um, the way that the world is broken. Um, and finally, I believe that the Bible also contains instructions about the way that he operates. So one of my favorite verses in the Bible is, um, well, it's two verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and it's trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So this is pretty tough for me because I do not like dealing with other people, being dependent on them, I mean. I don't like um, having to, like, trust in God, basically. It's hard for me. I don't like it. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've I realized that it's necessary for me. Um, and the last part of that there, it says that um, he will make your path straight. So I think that's a kind of a broad thing. Like, what does it mean when God makes your path straight? Well, I think one of the ways that he does make your path straight is that he gives you resources. And he gives you resources by being generous. And, you know, it's not all like God's going to remove every problem from your life, but you know, sometimes God is generous with finances sometimes, and it gets you through a particularly difficult time. Or he gives you a blessing on a relationship with somebody who you hated last week. That's happened to me many times. Um, but the prerequisite is the first part, which is humility. And I like that you had had that up there in the last slide, but the the prerequisite is humility, which, again, is hard for me. And trusting him, still hard. And I tend to get in the way of God because I like being independent. Um, so that's my buildup of how bad of a person I am and how God has actually chosen to work in spite of me is in a couple instances where I've allowed myself to be humble and to dedicate certain areas of my life to God. Um, one of those has been um, <laughs> in, in college I was... Uh, a little bit desperate to find a wife. <laughs> Thankfully, God uh, gave me Candace because I was about ready to settle and have like a boring, crappy, terrible relationship. But instead, I got a gorgeous wife who has given me tons of blessings, and I appreciate her. I don't know if she can hear me in the nursery, but love you. Um, so I was ready to settle. Instead, I decided, hey, God, this is something that I'm struggling with. I I'm pretty sure I'm never going to get married, but I would like for you to help me get married. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was like, look, God, I leave it in your hands. I am a weird-looking dude with a terrible haircut. And, you know, he managed to get me uh, in the right place where I found Candace, and he arranged things for us. And I am really appreciative of God for blessing our relationship way beyond what I expected at, you know, 19, 20 years old. Um, and, you know, that, of course, when you're with the right person can make a huge difference, um, in the way that your life goes. And that compounds your blessings, I think. Um, I used to also be really selfish with my money. Um, and, uh, like anytime I made even a little bit of extra, I would just go spend it on myself or save it out of fear. And, uh, I realized that I wasn't really doing anything with my money, and I didn't have a lot of it at the time. But um, I was like, God, I would like for you to bless my finances here because 
this is something that I'm clearly being a selfish jerk about. So uh, what he ended up doing was I would I would try to give away as much of my money as I could um, and help other people who were around me. And I found myself in a situation where I actually couldn't get rid of all my money because God kept blessing me with more opportunities. And, um, you know, people would have work extra work for me or I would get, um, you know, extra hours or something like that that would get me extra money. And we're not talking about tons of money here, but like at the time it really encouraged my faith that, hey, you really can't outgive God. You're just not going to do it. And it's not always like it's, you know, you give 50 bucks to somebody and God gives you $1,000 back. That's, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be pretty easy, wouldn't it? <laughs> but, um, you know, there's other things that God has chosen to give back. Um, and uh, anyway, that's a second way. Um, third and final way is um, I uh, started running my own software business a couple years ago, and um, mostly it came out of desperation and hating working for other people, but um, and getting fired, by the way. That was good. Um, I know you're all wondering why I got fired. It has nothing to do with my personality. Um, so uh, anyway, so I, I started, and it was totally selfish, and I was not really doing this for any other reason other than to just make money and provide for my family. And I realized I was in this awful cycle of just churn, like, all right, I'm going to kill myself and work millions of hours. And um, it was not healthy. And I was like, God, what am I doing? And finally, I talked with Candace about it and was like, all right, I got to do something different here. And I was like, all right, God, please let this business be yours and make it so that we can bless um, our family and our friends and uh, the people around us in meaningful, real ways, not just be a way that I make money. Um, and, you know, God's doubled the business twice, which is incredible. And I've been able to, um, you know, meet so many new people. And um, it's actually hard for me to talk about this because I'm trying not to focus on me, but that God is generous, way beyond what I was going to settle for. I was settling on subsistence income. And God has decided instead to um, allow us to bless, you know, like, I think we're at like 10 or 11 people now who have been able to get more money just because of, of the business, which is great. And I love being able to to do that. Um, I don't know how many of you remember the 90s, the uh, late 90s. But in the late 90s, there was this um, thing called the Prayer of Jabez, um, that got popular for a while. And all it is is like this one verse in, I believe, Chronicles, which I probably had never read by then. Um, but it says, Jabez prayed to the Lord of Israel, please bless me and give me more territory. May your power be with me and free me from evil so that I will not be in pain. And the cool part is, it says God gave him what he prayed for. So I think there's this there's key in here that um, God is ready to give us blessings um, as much as possible, but we've never really asked him, and we've never really dedicated um, pieces of our lives to him. We're trying to hold on to him. And I know I do this where I just want to, like, grip tightly to a particular facet of my life, and I end up shutting out what God can do. And uh, the neat part about this blessing is that it is um, humble. 
it starts from a place of trusting God and not leaning on yourself. And I believe that's where God chooses to uh, to be most generous, at least in my life. Thanks, Jordan. Uh, when Christian put up the slide about God knowing what we need, I decided to go with story number one instead of story number two. Um, but uh, I was a pretty starving graduate student type person uh, when I started going to this church. And uh, a couple of things happened related to God's generosity. This church used to have, I kind of wish we still did, um, free yard sales where they, you could just bring your stuff and anyone could just take whatever they needed. Well, to a starving graduate student, that was amazing because we didn't have a vacuum cleaner and my roommate had a dog and it was, that was awful, you know, so to, to get a free vacuum cleaner, which I could have never afforded, was an amazing thing. But the story I wanted to tell was that um, one time I was going over to a couple's house for dinner and I remember like looking in the closet and being like, man, I need a winter coat. And um, I just thought that, you know. So I go to this pr- these people's house for dinner, and randomly, the husband says to me at the end of the evening, um, do you want this coat? I don't need it anymore. And it wasn't just a coat. It was his Navy-issued pea coat. So it was literally the warmest coat that I've probably ever owned, the best-made coat I've ever owned in my life. And to me, that was just such a testimony that I didn't even ask God for a coat. All I did was say, I need a coat, you know? And, and God provided me a coat, like, almost instantaneously, which was really cool. Thank you. Hi. Uh, so what I want to share tonight, uh, I have notes too, Jordan, so, um, is uh, a testimony of God's generosity towards our family, but specifically um, to my sister. Um, and uh, as Christian brought... Uh, this idea up, I was thinking, well, man, this could go in so many different directions. Like what hasn't been, what hasn't he been generous in in my life? Um, but this in particular kind of stuck out to me. So my sister's about six and a half years younger. Um, she's a singer songwriter and, uh, I guess she's 29 now. So almost three years ago, spring 2014, um, she was getting some double vision and went to the eye doctor and, um, he said, everything's fine uh, with your eyes, so you know, go to your, go to your um, regular doctor. He ordered an MRI right away, and there was a brain tumor. So um, it was a skull-based tumor, so it was down low, kind of in, in the back near a lot of important things. Um, and what they found out was um, it was near pretty much every major nerve running down in there. It was, it was close to those things. And it wasn't cancer, but it was a, it was a tumor that, had to be removed because it eventually um, grows to the point where it just takes her faculties away. And our first thing to go was, you know, starting her eyes. So um, she went to Hopkins, Penn, Jefferson, all over kind of the mid-Atlantic, looking at these uh, neurosurgeons and, and visiting with them, even, you know, meeting with head of departments. Um, the, um, the, the guy at Penn basically told her, uh, you're young. We don't know how fast this is going to grow. It's essentially inoperable um, 
you have a good standard of life right now, just kind of deal with it. Um, guy Jefferson was young. He said, I'll go in three weeks from now and try to get it out. Um, and then the guy at Hopkins said he wanted to do uh, gamma knife, which is, you know, like um, radiation. They were hesitant about that because she's so young. So she ended up getting connected to a surgeon out in California um, who's kind of like almost blacklisted by the neurosurgeons out there because he's a board-certified plastic surgeon but has done tens of thousands of skull-based surgeries endoscopically instead of microscopically, which essentially he's going in drilling a little hole behind the ear and uh, these other surgeons are going in, breaking the skull, removing a piece, going in, moving the brain, and then getting the tumor out, and which can cause sometimes long-term, lifelong nerve damage. Um, and so um, she went with him and had a lot of faith in it and did all sorts of research, and people were you know, telling her not to. Um, before this, going back, this is, so I'll try to be as quick as I can. Sorry, Christian. Um, so... That summer, she gets put on a blind date with a guy, um, ends up telling him, I guess, the second time they talked about her brain tumor. And he's, you know, completely fine with it, didn't phase him at all. Um, so they continued to date. She fast forward to um, February 2015 is when she had the surgery. So um, we flew out to California, um, and uh, she had the surgery out there, and, and everything went great, except um, a couple hours into the surgery, the surgeon came out and said, I have 90% of it out. The uh, 10% of it's attached to the ocular nerve. And there's a good chance if I take this out, she'll lose hearing in her right ear. Um, but if I don't take it out, it may go away or it may grow back. Um, and as a family, you know, he was going to make the decision, but we said, take it out. Um, so he took it out. Um, she, the recovery was long. She lost hearing in her right ear. Um, and as a you know, singer-songwriter, obviously that's a big deal. Um, it was months long of, um, you know, her recovery. And then, um, one day she's living at home with my parents. Um, my mom and her are going at it a little bit because she's been there for months. My mom's been basically taking care of her like 24 seven. Um, so as moms and daughters are best friends and can get on each other's nerves. Um, at the same time, um, they were in an argument and then my mom just said, let me just pray for you. And so she put her hand on her, started praying for her. Caitlin felt a pop. And then her hearing came back. And uh, so it was amazing, um, you know, miracle right there. And um, then she got um, engaged shortly after the recovery. So that spring, um, then her fiancé uh, got diagnosed with testicular cancer. So she, you know, it, it's just, you know, crazy. So she's just recovered. He gets diagnosed, has surgery, goes through chemo over the summer. They get married September 2015 like five days after he's done chemo, um, and then they're told um, you should probably use a sperm bank. You may not be able to have children, um, and she's three days overdue right now. So um, so it's amazing. So she's, you know, really what I wrote down here is her f- God bringing her and Jamie together and at the point where she's going through the toughest thing in her life, he's there for her. Um, then he goes through this, She's there for him, and now they have a child on the way. So just for our family, it's just generous. So it was awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Good thing I didn't have any teaching left. 
Um, so worship team, come back up, and we'll end with this verse. Okay. So, I love this verse, and it speaks for itself, so let's just read it. God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. All right, it lines up with the verse I've been talking a lot about here lately, where uh, we talk about that God has um, given us all good works to do that he's prepared in advance for us, right? So, he is generous with us so that we can do what he's called us to do. Read the next verse. We are, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And that's such a cool, like we we're talking about generosity is contagious. As God is generous with you, and that's kind of like the closing out of this. So, you know, want to talk about how we're in a place of need and how God is a generous, abundant God. And let's close out with God is generous so that we can be generous. So has God been generous with you in the area of wisdom? Are you someone who just has a lot of wisdom? Well, let that overflow into other people's lives, right? Has God been generous with you with the gift of grace? Well, be grace-filled and let that overflow into the lives of others around you. Has God been generous with you financially? Like Jordan was talking about, let that overflow. Don't just keep that to yourself. You know, whatever it is, you know, I mean, stuff or abilities or spiritual gifts. You know, it's, it's about what can flow as God gives to us to others. And I, and I think there's a spiritual principle that as you give, then God can be more generous with you. And, and it's this, this sense of he's giving so that. You'll be enriched so that others can be enriched. So let's go back into worship now. If you guys want to stand up, what we do here at the Sunday night service is um, after the teaching, we just have a time of response. Um, during the, this time, we're going to worship. So you can respond through worshiping, which invite the presence of God. You can respond by taking communion. So if you are someone who believes in Jesus, follower of Jesus, or heading towards Jesus, communion is a really special thing that we do to remember his death and resurrection on the cross. So there's uh, tables on both sides that you can go do that on your own uh, while we're doing this. And then um, we'd love to pray for you. And here's what I want to pray about. If you're in a place right now where you're feeling alone, you're feeling defeated, you're feeling like up against something, like a struggle right now, and God wants to just minister to you tonight. And so if that's where you are right now, or if you're sick tonight and you need healing, or you just need prayer, we want to pray for you tonight. So we're going to ask a couple people to stand in the back, and uh, if you would like prayer for any of those things, I really uh, encourage you to go back there and get prayer. So let's worship.